Hi, welcome back to the Spiritual CPR Podcast, bringing people from dead in their sin to alive in Christ. Last time we talked about the Holy Spirit and the process of conversion, how the Holy Spirit itself brings about this supernatural resurrection for people going from dead in their sins to alive in Christ. And today we're going to talk about a little bit more practically how to bring that process about. How we're going to do that is talking about first aid scriptures. What do I mean by first aid scriptures? Well, if you are actually going to be doing CPR or you arrived on the spot as a a first responder, you would bring out your handy dandy first aid kit where you would have to pull out the right treatment for the particular wounds that are going on right in front of you. The same thing happens when we are trying to bring people from dead and sin to alive in Christ. We're trying to apply the right treatment for the spiritual wounds. Maybe you've, you've been there. Maybe you've sat down. And as you start to listen to people that you're trying to help come to know Jesus, you are hit with the sudden realization that you have no idea what you're doing. And there's no way that you're going to be able to bring about the great changes that this person needs in their life. Uh, Turn on the TV for five minutes. You'll find some talk show host trying to talk about how people need to live their life from Dr. Oz and Oprah. If you go to any bookstore, there's shelf after shelf of self-help books. And there's so many different ways and approaches to try to help people uh, improve their lives. And we're not in the business of improving lives for improving life's sake, for self-actualization. No, we're trying to bring about supernatural resurrection from dead and sin to alive in Christ. We're trying to bring people back from the dead. And we need to face it that we in ourselves do not have the ability to heal people uh, using our own wisdom. But praise God, that's not the way that he meant us to go about it. In fact, in Psalm 107.20, it says, he sent out his word and healed them. Talking about God sending out his word to his people Israel and healing them and delivering them from their destruction. That's all we're doing. We are trying to get God to send his word to heal people. And we're trying to be the agents by which that happens. We're going to be the ones that bring his word to people. And by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit's power, we can help them be healed and brought back to life before God. Part of this is being able to acknowledge the incredible power that is in the Word of God. The Bible is not just guidelines to life and some fun little pointers, kind of like a a collection of really good and deep bumper stickers or something that you'd find underneath the lid of a yogurt label or in a Dove chocolate. No, the power of the Word of God is exceptional. Uh, Starting with Romans 10 The Word of God is actually where faith comes from. I know if we sit down and talk to people and you ask, where does faith come from? The number one answer I get is, well, from within yourself. That if you dig deep just a little bit further, you might be able to hold on and muster up some good faith, which is fine for everything else. But biblically speaking, faith in God actually comes from hearing the Word. That we are trying to build people's faith in God. That does not come about by clever stories or inspiring tales of faithful people. No, it comes about by the word of God. In Matthew 7, 24 through 27, Jesus talks about the wise man building his house on the rock. How when the storms come in your life, if you build 
your house, your life on the rock that is the word of God. When the storms come, you're not going anywhere. The Luke 6 parallel of this says that if you build your house on the rock and put his word into practice, your house will not even wobble a little bit. That's the word there. It's not shaken even in the smallest way. In John 17, Jesus says, I I came to give them what you gave to me, which was not miracles and power and illustrations. It was the word of God. That's even what Jesus said God sent him to bring and impart. We've also got to use scripture with a purpose. I think very often we get in the mindset of these are the scriptures that we study with someone to help them understand discipleship. These are the five scriptures. And once you get those five scriptures, you've completed the discipleship study. That's just not true. Yeah, there are basics to everything we study out. Luke 9 is always going to be a basic for discipleship. But what can happen is we try to shoehorn every problem into fitting this one scripture. Or say, how, how many times have we used Matthew 6.33 to address every problem that people have? Well, I, I think you need to seek first the kingdom. Amen. You do. That's true. But odds are, somewhere in the big book that is the Bible, there's a scripture that probably addresses whatever sin or situation is going on with greater specificity and greater power. Hebrews 4 talks about the Bible being able to cut uh, it, it's like a double-edged sword, but it also separates soul and spirits, joints and marrow. It's so specific that if we use Matthew 6.33 or Luke 9 with everything, it's like using a blunt object to do surgery, which we can do so much better with that. And the scriptures can be so much more powerful. Jesus even rebukes the Sadducees in Matthew 22, verse 29, about you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God, because they just didn't know what the Bible talks about when it comes to the resurrection. And then the great example is Jesus in Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11, where Jesus is literally having the showdown with the devil, that he is able to, every time Satan gives him a new temptation, or even throws a scripture used incorrectly, Jesus is able to use other scriptures to correct those and fight those off. And that's the way we need to be specific and purposeful with the scriptures that we use. Otherwise, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. We need to make sure that we're adding as many scriptures as we possibly can to our first aid kit so that we are ready to deal with problems as they come along. And here's what the process kind of looks like. We bring attitudes, sin, and situation into our minds. We, we encounter these. We see these in the people that we study the Bible with. We see their attitudes, their sin, whatever their situation is. We see that. They bring that. We apply scripture to the attitude, sin, and situation. Once we've identified what those are, we consider what scripture is best used, and then we properly teach, reprove, correct, and train using that scripture. And between these things where the attitude, sin, situation meets, we bring a scripture and we properly teach, reprove, correct, and train, that's where the power of the Holy Spirit can come in and really bring about this powerful process of conversion as we've been talking about. So that's what we do. People bring their attitude sin. We identify that, use the proper scripture. We teach, reprove, correct, and train, and the Holy Spirit works there. And so uh, let me talk a little bit about the role of illustrations. Now, uh, we can 
talking a little bit about this, how, okay, Matt, uh, are we not supposed to use stories and illustrations? Are those wrong? And let me clarify, no, I love illustrations. In fact, great illustrations are incredibly powerful tools to have, to have in our first aid kit. Uh, even Jesus, Matthew 13, verse 3, and Mark 4, both talk about how Jesus spoke to them using parables. Uh, but in Mark 4, it does say he used parables to the extent that they could understand it. And what I'm saying is not that you shouldn't use illustrations, but that we understand that it's the word of God that people should be building their lives on. It's the word of God that builds faith. It's not your great illustration. What wing of the airplane is more important for teaching life and doctrine. Yeah, that's maybe a helpful concept if people don't understand it, but people should walk away remembering the words of God, remembering the scriptures, and not the clever little story, analogy, or illustration that you've been able to tell them. Otherwise, if you stretch any story or illustration that is not the word of God too far, then what's going to happen is people will start learning wrong lessons or weird lessons and they really miss out on the transformative power that is the scripture. So it's not that you don't use illustrations. It's that you use them sparingly, powerfully, and purposefully. You don't say, hey, I'd like to tell this story. And that's really my crutch. That's the most important thing for you to remember. It's no, remember the scripture. Oh, are you having trouble understanding it? Let me help you with that. Let me illustrate this in a story, an analogy, or some kind of other illustration. So it's not that it's all bad, but people should walk away knowing the scriptures, not your fun, clever little stories. Because if they build your life on on the stories, that's not good. If they build their life on the scriptures, they will stand firm forever. Now I'm going to go through each study of the CPR studies, the call, the problem, and the resolution. And I'm going to put a lot of scriptures on these slides. Now, you don't need to furiously scribble all these down or anything like that. In fact, what I've done is you can go to hamptonroadschurch.com backslash campus and click on the link to the CPR uh, podcast site. And all these scriptures, including their the purposes that I end up using them for, that's all up there. So you can download those and see what we're talking about there. Um, but I'm going to run through the basics of uh each one of these studies. I'm starting with the call study. Now, if you're looking at this, uh, what you're going to see is a combination of the old word study and discipleship studies. And what you see here is we do not go over every single one of these scriptures to study out the call. What we do is we say, all right, the purpose of the call study is to get someone to decide whether they're in or out to follow Jesus as he says in his Bible. And these are the scriptures that are basics to use to bring that about. Now, this is all will change based on who you're studying the Bible with. So whatever it takes, you could look at all of these or you could look at three of these. And all of that would be useful in your call study. Same thing with problems, same thing resolution. Here are the scriptures that you could use, but it's more important to know why we're studying this out and we will do podcasts on each one of these studies to explain what's the purpose of each one of these studies so that you use the scriptures to make a disciple rather than this is the next thing that you use. Moving on to the problem. Okay, here you see examples of, here's some basic scriptures that you're probably always going to look at when you study out 
the problem. And the problem study, by the way, the reason it's called the problem and not the sin study is because, uh, first off, the call study, a lot of times we end up studying out to be a salvation study um, or bring the idea of salvation into it, when really your problem is not that you haven't shared your faith with enough people or haven't come to church enough. No, your problem is sin. And the reason that you're not coming to church and sharing your faith and reading your Bible is there's some kind of sin going on. And you also see here, you have uh, scriptures like Isaiah 59, Romans 6, Genesis 6, basic sin scriptures. And those will be in any sin study. But you also see Luke 13, 2 Corinthians 7. Uh, those are repentance scriptures. And you might be wondering, what on earth are those doing here in a problem slash sin study? Well, a lot of times when we study out sin with people, especially religious folks, they can say, yeah, yeah, I got sin. But praise God for Jesus and forgiveness. I've definitely asked for forgiveness, and so I'm good. So the convicting power of the Holy Spirit misses their hearts because they're convinced that they're already right with God because they've already done repentance and asked for forgiveness. Luke 13, 2 Corinthians 7 shows exactly, well, here's what repentance looks like. You need to repent, and here's godly and worldly sorrow. If you've had worldly sorrow, you're not right with God. And so it actually brings out the problem that you've got unrepentant sin, not just sin, but unrepentant sin. And that is your problem with your relationship with God. Other things to look here, Mark 7, Galatians 5, 2 Timothy 3, Revelation 21, and Ephesians 5. Those are all lists of sin that can and should be used for different people struggling with different things. Galatians 5 is the go-to passage to knock you out with your sin. But particularly if somebody maybe hasn't lived the lifestyle of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, that's kind of outlined in Galatians 5, they may not connect as much to that passage. But if you only know that passage with sin, you might miss out on convicting them. Mark 7 deals a little bit more with heart sins, and 2 Timothy 3 absolutely deals with more internal sin. So what you might want to do is have all of these scriptures at the ready and be ready to address if there's more internal or external sin. Hey, maybe we can go here and the Bible can identify more sin that maybe you didn't even think was a problem. Down towards the bottom, you see Proverbs 16, 1 Samuel 15, 1 Peter 5. Those are all pride scriptures. And the reason I included those is because most guys that I study the Bible with struggle with pride. But I really want to include this to show you. Here's an example of scriptures that you need to put in your first aid kit to be ready to deal with different types of specific sin. For example, most women study with, uh, struggle with some kind of fear and insecurity. So if you're a woman studying the Bible with women, you probably need to have a bunch of scriptures about fear and insecurity to help them see their sin there. And all of those are, you add those to your kit so that you can be ready to deal with whatever sin comes up, selfishness, deceit, anger, uh, what have you. All of these things we keep on adding. So it's not like these are the only ones. It's that we need to be prepared to address any and all problems that come up. So that's the problem study there. And then the resolution study, which is, again, you're going to see some repentance scriptures here, some cross scriptures here, and some baptism scriptures here. Uh, there are basics that you always need to study out. Romans 5, down through 2 Corinthians 5, including the Mark passages. That's all my basic cross study. Uh, but 
there might be times that you need to completely define what repentance is. That's found in Acts 26. That's Jesus's definition of repentance. Maybe you need to illustrate what repentance looks like. And in Luke 3, John the Baptist calls people to start doing things, stop doing things, and particular groups to do different types of repentance. And what you see here is you. this is what happens when somebody gets their problem, you present the resolution. It's not you need to do more church and need to, to share your faith with more people, although those might be part of your repentance. The real resolution comes with the grace of God and the cross given when there has been repentance and baptism and doing whatever it takes and addressing whatever problems or whatever attitudes come up with these scriptures or whatever else comes up based on the person that you're studying with. So the idea is you need to be ready and always be prepared for anything that comes your way, not just the same five scriptures, but ready to deal with whatever comes up. And with this, there always needs to be continuing education. You couldn't memorize these. By the way, there's 50 scriptures that I've got here. So if you go to hamptonroadschurch.com backslash campus and click on the link and download this, there's 50 scriptures, but they're not the only ones that are effective. You need to continually add scriptures to your first aid kit. Uh, The entire Bible is useful for bringing about conversion, but different passages will address different situations better than others. So always continue adding scriptures. Always be on the lookout for, oh, that's a great pride scripture. That's a great anger scripture. That's a great deceit scripture. That's a great sin scripture or a great repentance scripture. Always be doing that. And what that means is that we need to be invested in memorizing scripture, that we need to be ready to have these scriptures uh, at a moment's notice. A first aid kit You need to always be at the ready. They always need to be ready to go. Same with these scriptures. And how to memorize them? Well, what I did when I was a freshman is I actually had a list of 100 scriptures that I memorized. I made flashcards. And what I did was I forced myself to memorize them by book, chapter, and purpose. So the book and chapter so that I, and if I knew that, hey, this passage is helpful for, let's say, dealing with confession or teaching you why you should confess. Well, if I, if I remember book and chapter, I don't need to memorize the verse because I know book and chapter. So if I'm, if I'm able to go say, Hey, James five talks about this. I don't know what verse, but let's go over to James five and I can find it. Oh yeah, here it is. And so that way you don't have to memorize every little bit. Here's the double bonus that if you start to memorize these passages, not only will you be more equipped to study the Bible with people, but your own personal walk with God is going to skyrocket because what's going to happen is your thoughts are going to start to be saturated with scripture. You will literally start thinking and reacting to things using scripture. And what is scripture? But the very words and the very thoughts of God himself. So if you memorize scripture, put it on your mind and put it on your heart, you will start thinking the way God does. And how exciting is that? That you don't have to worry about you being a really smart person with these great perspectives and great insights. No, you have the scriptures, which is always more insightful than anything you're ever going to think. But our culture and millennials in particular, we have our smartphones. We feel like we don't need to memorize things because if we forget something, just Google it. You got Google in your pocket. And that's okay to start, but 
if you don't spend the time to memorize it, it's never really going to hit your heart. It's kind of like somebody who uses a GPS to get around all over the place. If they always use a GPS, they're never going to learn their way around the city. If you always use smartphones and Google to figure out where scriptures are rather than memorizing it, you're not really going to know your way around the Bible. And you're going to miss out on what God has given you and say, hey, you can think the way I think without hesitation, but you got to got to memorize and invest some time in doing that. So go take the scriptures at HamptonRoadsChurch.com in the first aid scriptures and make flashcards, write them down, test yourself. At the end of my freshman year, I was able to write down from Matthew to Revelation, all 100 scriptures, book, chapter, and purpose. And I've had those in my mind and on my heart, and they've been the bedrock of my faith ever since I, I spent the time to memorize them. So don't miss out on what God is trying to do with memorizing scriptures. Um, as we close out here, the big thing, the scriptures are king. We bring about the Holy Spirit uh, in the most prime way we do that to help people go from dead in sin to alive in Christ is by bringing the scriptures and knowing the right treatment scriptures for the specific spiritual wounds. So let's make sure that that's on our minds and that's on our hearts, that we put scriptural authority above everything and that we are really going after uh, memorizing scriptures and using them in the proper capacity. So that's today. First aid scriptures with CPR. If you have any questions or have any comments, let's get a dialogue going. Uh, email me fiskmr at gmail.com or my Twitter handle is at Matthew R. Fisk. Please feel free. Let's talk about this. If if there's a if there are other scriptures that you think oh these are great to add to the first aid kit, add them send them out there. We'll keep updating things so that we're ready to handle everything that comes our way. Uh, and stay, uh, stay tuned for next time in the future. We're going to be having, uh, the, the next one should be about the way to go about asking purposeful questions as we uh, do spiritual CPR. And then later we'll do every single study, call problem and resolution specifically. Thanks so much for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next time. 